Welcome back to another episode of the Otter God Pod, where we talk about sobriety, spirituality, and everything in between. This is your host, Eric. We are coming at you here today with a very special episode. We took a couple weeks off. It's been a busy uh, time here on the Plugged In front. A lot of exciting things happening in the next couple of months, but we're not here for that. We are here for a very special man, somebody who yelled at me when I was in rehab, somebody who challenged me and for one of the first times in my life after speaking to this guy, I said, you know what? I might not know everything. I might not be the smartest guy in the, in the world. Um, and uh, he, he was a big part of smashing that delusion and bringing me back down to reality, bringing me right-sized as we would say, Um, and I'm forever grateful for that, and I'm glad that we're going to be able to sit down and hear a little bit about his story, hear a little bit about what he wants to talk about. Let me stop rambling for you guys. Let me let him introduce himself. This is Greg. Hello, my name is Greg. Um, Last name's appropriate? Yeah, sure. Greg Bravo. I've been in the industry now for, gosh, I'd say about maybe 13 years, and um, been working a program now for uh, over 14 years, so... um, yeah, just grateful, you know, hit my knees this morning, just like anybody else in recovery would. And just uh, being able to get to do the things I get to do and not have to do. Right. So, yeah, one day at a time for sure. Sweet, man. Yeah. Well, I kind of touched on it in your intro a little bit, but I think this is how we'll get the ball rolling. We met um, while I was in treatment. Yes. And you were given a lesson, I believe. And I'm sitting there trying to pick it apart. Absolutely. I, I think I just, I'm the smartest guy, right? I know this guy's full of shit. I know what's <laughs> up. Um, and uh, yeah, why don't you just take it away, man, as far as what direction you want to go with. I think the topic, let's let it be up to you, dude, and let's see where it goes. All right. Well, I love the uh, I love the podcast, The Otter God, right? So I'll, I'll here, let's take it into the second step a little bit, yeah? Um, so, you know, I've always, you know, letting the little things run around in my head a little bit, which is could be a dangerous place, but a couple of rabbit holes I want to go down into a little bit with the second step, right? And of course, it doesn't hit me until like, and I'm sure I'm not the only one that thought of it, of course, right? Because, you know, everything I'm doing has probably already been done, absolutely. But, um, so, otter God, right? So, in the second step, it says, and here's the thing, right? We already been through door number one, so we know door number one sucks, absolutely Hands down, it sucks, right? But in step two, we are we are given an opportunity to finally make a choice, right? And the choice is is that either God is everything, or else is he or else he has nothing. What is your choice to be? So obviously, what did you see? The choice was already made to say yes to that. Because what's the other door, right? Like what's the other door? Not much of an option. Not much of an option. So how it's really a predestined yes. I just thought that was really just kind of really phenomenal, right? Like, who's going to say no to that? Right. Right? How can you say no to that? It's like, well, I guess he's nothing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I guess he's nothing. I'm going back to door number one, you know? Right. Yeah, absolutely. So it's just how how the disparity of the hopelessness kind of pulls you into that hope that absolutely he's everything. The problem with that, though, is that a lot of times, step two is kind of going through the motions. Out of your mind, you say yes to it. But it needs to be at a at a heart piece of like a step one. Like you got to concede that hope at a deeper level. Otherwise, well, what happens, right? So, in step two, is like the first step of spirituality. We could agree on that, correct? Right. So on that piece alone, let me get closer, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So on that on that piece alone, I would say that we kind of operate out of our minds on steps two and three, 
right? So you got like three or four years. Your AA, or I'm sorry, you can scratch that. Your 12-step program yeah. is is um, seems to start unraveling. And so what's the first thing people start saying? Maybe you weren't honest on your fourth step. Mm. I say maybe you weren't honest on your second step. Yeah, you failed to enlarge on your spiritual, uh, you know. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely, right? I don't know. What are your thoughts on that? Dude, I love it. Um, and, and I do think so because I have experience with that. I had a couple of years of sobriety and then went back, did some more research, didn't work out. Now I'm back again. And I think a big part of it was just like really there comes a point where – you like get out of rehab. You're all for it. You're a rock star. You're going yeah, to your yeah, groups. Yeah. You're, you have all these new friends. You're yeah. doing everything. Sober volleyball. All these things. Yes. You're gonna conquer the world. Yes. And then somewhere along the way, you get a better job. You have some money in your pocket. You move out of sober living. And yeah. next thing you know, you don't need all this other stuff. You're not praying as much. I'm not doing all of these things that like got me to that yeah, point. Yeah. And then eventually, I find myself back in Mexico. <laughs> I can't get back across the border. Got yeah. no more. Yeah. Money, everything's fucked, right? Yes, yes. So it's just like failure to enlarge on my spiritual life. Yes. That's what it always you can probably take nine point nine percent of people's like failures or like relapses and you point them back to one specific thing. Like you said. Yeah. It's at some point in time we failed to continue growing on yeah, the spiritual absolutely. aspect of the program. Well, here's another beautiful thing to that, just as a little caveat for the second step, right? So the second step is um Come to believe in a power greater than yourself to restore us back to sanity or to restore us to sanity. And then what steps tens promises, right? For by this time, sanity has returned. Mm. So what's beautiful about the step two and step ten is that somewhere in there, the mental obsession has then been lifted. So by the time you get to step ten, uh, the mental obsession should have been lifted at that point, right? Mm. So it's just what a beautiful, like, hey, like, and then here's also, like, step two is the first um, cornerstone to spirituality, like the first step in spirituality. Step 10 is the first spiritual maintenance to mm. that spirituality, right? So it's just how it just really complements each other, right? And so you start reading further on and more of the step 10 promises of like, I see he's fighting anyone in anything. And guess what, Eric? You don't get to take credit for that. Right. We didn't even swear off. So no more like, I'm never going to use it again. It's just removed, right? And then what does it hit you with? This is the miracle of it, right? And so I, I was sitting in a in a 12-step um, room one day, and some old-timer was like, stay until the miracle happens. I'm like, oh, step 10. You have to stay until step 10. Mm. And so I was like, that's pretty dope. Yeah, it's kind of cool that you put it that way because it's like, you're right, step two is like, this is the intro to yes. spirituality. But it's like, by the time that you do go through all these other things, you go through your resentments, you you come clean to God, to somebody else, you like start working on your character defects, you start making some things right, right? And then now it's like, okay, well now you have spirituality by doing all of these things, you would think. Yeah. And then it's like, now it's time to just maintain that and grow that. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. So I always try to, um, you know, when you're going through we agnostics with your sponsees or I guess, your pigeons, right? As a spiritual advisor for you big book thumpers out there, don't beat me up. For a closed mouth friend. Yeah, for a closed mouth friend, right? Is, is, are they having a second step experience or are we just reading materials to them? So it's just really, it's an intimate part of that. It's, it's an integral, intimate part of that relationship at that point, right? To like, are you experiencing a second step of hope? Or are you just kind of just operating still out of your mind? Do we, we need to back it up a little bit? And I get like, like the big book is there to stop the bleeding, right? Where like maybe the 12 and 12 is kind of like, okay, now it's time to open it up and do some more operation, right? But 
the big book is there to stop the beating. So it's like maybe like it it was meant to be how like there's no mistakes, right? So whatever the motions or whatever the decision or however you can see, but then if you like you said, if you do not continue to grow and enlarge that spiritual life, then what happens, right? The the mental obsession kind of rebuilds itself and then it comes back in full force, right? Yeah. So the experience of the big book is what I always try to help with uh, my my sponsees. Yeah, dude, and it's funny you mentioned that too because it's like they refer to it as the one, two, three shuffle where it's mm. like people will just like, they'll get some 30, 60, 90 days, they'll get to step three, then fizzle out because they don't want to do their inventory or whatever it is and then they keep going back, keep going back and a lot of the time, step two does get almost like people will just be like, all right, now you're through steps one through three. Mm. Like it's something that you can just like, okay, well, yeah, you're not the smartest thing in the universe. Okay. So you obviously believe in something greater than yourself, that doorknob, whatever it is, let's just check the box, move on. Yeah. But it's like really when you take a look and like read through, like you said, we agnostics, it's like, it's way deeper than that. It's like, it's like, they, they compare it to like, you know, the guys who scoffed at the Wright brothers for thinking they could fly. Yeah. And it's just like, and that's what we are to our core. It's like, yeah. we just want to tear it down. That doesn't work. Like spirituality isn't the answer. All this other stuff. I can do this. I can do that. And it's like, we tear it down, tear it down. So it takes some work to go into the mind of the alcoholic and thoroughly convince them. It's like, no, yeah. like there's something greater at work here and it's like you need to find what that is for you and you need to start relying on that instead of your own understanding. Right. You know? it, it says like I came to believe. It didn't say like I came to go through the motions. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's like there's that there's that pinnacle piece of that second step. Right. Like, And then, and then it asks us these questions. Right. Here's the challenge. Right. Did you and forgive me if I don't paraphrase it. Right. Right. But it talks about like. Did I make did I make this out of sand or mortar, right? Like how how is it, how is this construction built on this cornerstone, right? Like is it on a solid foundation number one and number two? Like how am I making this cornerstone? So it asks us to kind of reflect and internalize that second step a little bit more deeper. Mm-hmm. And it's just like foreshadowing too. It's like, hey man, we they put that analogy on there of like building on a solid foundation because they are saying this is your solid foundation. This is a program of spiritual action. Yeah. And so it's just like, if you don't truly believe in some sort of concept, even if you don't have a very good concept of what that God of your own understanding is, you have to at least have the willingness to believe that there's something there, right? To like even begin building. Yeah. Because it talks about that cornerstone. Like, I think it's, uh, are you using cement without mortar or something like that or without Mm -hmm. the sand? Like it, it talks about the ingredients of it. And of course that's all internal. Right. Is what they're trying to say. So I thought that's a nice little compliment of that. Right. So, yeah. So with the step 10 and the step two and, um, you know, the uh, the other piece, too, just to recap is the uh, maybe he wasn't honest on his four step. And it goes back to maybe you weren't honest with your faith and your hope steps. Right. Of the keystone and the cornerstone. Right. So, yeah, it's just interesting concepts of that. Absolutely. Weren't searching and fearless. You yeah, know, yeah. it's just like yeah. that, uh, that little, uh, oh, I don't have any resentments. Yeah. No, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Yeah. I'm good. There's like I'm maybe good. six or seven of them. They've all happened in recent time. None of yeah. that stuff that I've been carrying with me my whole life. I'm not going to bring that up. No, I've let not. it go already. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which kind of brings us to like, well, okay, maybe they weren't honest on their step one. Right. So with their step one, it's kind of fun because. I always have fun with step one with my sponsees, right? Or wherever it's at, because it's like, you're breaking down delusions and denial, right? Um, so it was like fun to watch you sit there and struggle a little bit, right? And I'm like, 
Okay, he doesn't have the answers, right? And I always tell my sponsees that. Like, I'm like, look, like, you're about to do some 12-step work. And just remember, like, no matter how intelligent and smart they are, they can't keep themselves sober. And somehow you are. So something's working for you and not working for them, right? So it kind of smashes the intelligence, that self-knowledge crap, right? But in the step one, in the, uh, well, in the doctor's opinion, it talks about, and I'm sure, you know, we have broken this down so many times of laying it up. But when it talks about, I can't differentiate the truth from the false. Okay, that's where I feel that um, my higher power gets to use me as a tool to kind of help facilitate that a little bit, right? And so one of my, um, I always say mine, but I don't know nothing, right? Um, one of the things I get to say is, well, tell me about three types of dishonesty, right? And then they'll say, you know, maybe omission or, you know, maybe, you know, whatever, a white lie, whatever. And so what I'm looking for is 100% lie. I didn't eat the pizza. Omission, well, I had some of the pizza. And then delusion, what pizza? So we're eating pizza without us even knowing that we're eating the pizza, right? And so that's like, that's like such like a no-brainer. It's like they... Only they could relate to that. A normal person can't relate to that whatsoever, right? But with that piece right there, then they start waking up a little bit, right? And so it's just kind of fun to step into that piece of, I've been living in a state of delusion, mm-hmm. right? That's us. Yeah. We're the what pie? What pie? What pie? What piece of pie are you talking about? Right. Right? And so it's like kind of like, well, this is our step one, right? So it's just kind of like having fun at their experience, but at the same time, like the, the experience that they're sharing in that, kind of helps them bring themselves. I also ask them too, I'm like, well, hey, like, so none of your plans never worked before. And they're like, no, nah, never. What was your plan to stay sober? And yet they still come up with an answer. Yeah, they I mean, still have a plan. It's so trivial. It's so trivial yeah. to them, right? It's like, yeah, I'm going to do this, this, and this, and this, and this. I'm like, well, do you see the problem? And they, they can't see the problem. It came out of your mind. It's like, you just told me that nothing that you've ever done before works. Kept you sober. But yet now you are stating you still have a plan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Dude, and that's the, uh, and it's funny because you mentioned that because uh, a couple things. They always say like recovery starts like when you, when you're like, I don't know. It's that's like it. when, when, when it's like yeah. when you when you're finally yeah. just like I don't know like yeah, I don't yeah, yeah. like I'm I have nothing left like yeah, I, yeah. I I it's like I'm at square one I don't know yeah I yeah. need somebody to help me through this yeah, right yeah. that's always when like okay now we can start working yeah, right because yeah. now it's not a I know or what about this or what about this or yeah. I don't it's I don't know yeah yeah well, what got you here is I don't know how to do it. Yeah. Right. This is what got you in front of me. Right. Because yeah. otherwise you don't need me. Right. <laughs> right. My sponsor used to be like, yo, um, he used to say, uh, get in the car, stupid. Because if you knew anything, you wouldn't be standing there like that. Yeah. Looking like that. Something of that text. I'm like, oh, I guess I'm going to get in the car, which means like I got to stop being the scholar of my life and start being a student of life. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. And I'll ask him, I'm like, are you willing to go to any lengths? And they're like, yeah. I'm like, OK, well, here, cite this here in the big book. Right. I'm willing to go to any lengths. And then like when you start taking suggestions, like, oh, I want to do this or do that. I'm like, ah. So you're only willing at your level of willingness. Yeah. That's not what we're looking you're for. You're willing here. to go to some lengths. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. And I think the cool thing about like the delusion too is like when we're when we're in the thick of it, right? Like yeah. there's there's always those delusions like I can think my way out of this. I know I know how to get out of this, right? But then you go further on, right? And then you have some time, you get further in the book and then it talks about delusion again, right? Are we not victims to the delusion oh, that we that. can rest satisfaction and happiness out of this life? If only we manage well. Yes. If if only I do this or this person does this, all right? And we get in so we get into the weeds of all of these things because we think that we can get happiness and we can get all of these things and that if only I had this I would uh, you know everything would be fine. That kind yes. of stuff. 
And that happens and it gets amplified when you take away what the solution's been for such a long time, which is like alcohol, drugs, whatever it is. Yeah, and so yeah, now you're yeah. just sitting in it and you're getting overwhelmed with this like need to control things and these, these ideas that I know what's best and all yeah, of these yeah, things. Yeah. But like now you don't even have what the solution's been. So now it's like, well, what do you do? Yeah. So a higher power. It's wonderful point you bring that up yeah. because I always have like people in the community like – Yo, Bravo, can, can I have my sponsee call you to go over the actor scenario? I'm like, absolutely. You know what I mean? Because it's just like, I just let them read it. And then I start hitting them with some organic questions. Like, wherever God wants to send me, right? And then it's just like, they start getting trapped. And they're like, I never saw it that way. I'm like, look, you're still in control of this delusion that you're not in control, but you think you are. Yeah. Right? Like, you are, do you see how you're a producer of confusion rather than harmony? Mm-hmm. Right? And it's just, it's such like a, a wonderful little piece. Right? So, yes, you guys can call me anytime. To go over the actor scenario, I love having fun with that. Absolutely, yeah. As I stare into the camera with that, right? Yeah, yeah. That's the only time I'm staring. Phone the number on the screen. That's right. Yep. Call him anytime. That's right. You can do that. I don't have a problem with that. Awesome, man. Yeah. But it it is uh, crazy, man. And it's like I the reason why I love the actor scenario so much is like regardless of how much time you have or like what's going on in your life, it's always relevant. It's like as an alcoholic and an addict, I'm always gonna find myself at some point in time inserting myself where there should probably yeah, yeah. be God, or I'm gonna like do something and then I'm going to step on the toes of my fellows. They're going to retaliate. Yeah, I'm going to get yeah. resentful at them for retaliating against yeah. me. I'm going to want to be the victim. Yes, <laughs> like, yes. It's just like, it doesn't matter. Like that stuff happens all the time, all the time, all the time. And so why, this is why you're an agent and you have a director, right? Like you get to be a child and you have a father now, right? Like, mm-hmm. so it's like these, these orders, this, this thing that's trying to give you proper order again, which kind of brings me a little bit to the 11th step which um, was fun for me to discover. This is why like, I don't like to put too much out there because I feel like I'm robbing someone's discoveries, but I'm like, nah, I don't care. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, it's about my ego right now, so who gives a crap, right? <laughs> the 11th step is is really awesome because it's a recap of steps um, uh, two through, through nine, right? So uh, in the morning, that's new, right? In the morning, it's planning out your day with your higher power, right? Yeah. And then in the evening, it's kind of like, how your higher power had a sense of humor and then kind of tripped you up or you tripped yourself up and then you got to evaluate. So it's like, it goes over like, where was I selfish? Oh, look at that step three work, right? Oh, well, do I, did I grab an, a resentment? Oh, look at that step four work. Do I also want an apology? Look at that step nine work, right? So I love like how step 11 is a revisitation mm-hmm. of the uh, the first uh, nine steps, right? Yeah. So it's kind of like how that relationship just kind of, kind of ebb and flows. And then of course, the uh, 12 step is like, okay, you have to go give that back now, you know? I tell my sponsors, who's the most important person in the room? And of course they wanna say themselves. I'm like, yeah, but wouldn't it be like your sponsor? Cause that's kind of like where you found me because you didn't know where I lived. Right. Because you're seeking a solution. To you, to me, you're, my, you're the most important person, but to you, you're not the most important person. I think you think you are, but it would be the person that's giving you the solution at that time, mm-hmm. right? So it's just, it's interesting. Yeah, dude, I never thought about that. And it's like, that's the crazy thing about it. And I always, like, it was broken down to me by my sponsor and it really stuck. It's like, okay, like, really one through nine is all focused on, like, everything that happened in your life prior to, like, starting the steps. But it's just like, well, 10, 11, and 12 is just like, well, now you can just use them on, like, a more micro scale to, like, filter through the things that you're still doing so like you don't have to just like restart and have this huge fourth step again and all of these resentments it's like you can catch them with like a little net and it's just like okay now i'm catching them in real time or like 
quicker than like letting it build up for 20 years and then having like a five page fourth step and having yeah. to like cry at somebody for four hours while you yeah. tell them everything and like you know what I mean you can yeah. just do it like right then and there like was I resentful did I spend most of my day thinking about myself instead of others like stuff like that yeah man. absolutely that, absolutely like that, that that whole like I, I threw a piece of paper on the floor but no matter what I have to pick it up yeah so it's kind of like okay at one I was powerless over the problem but now I'm powerless over the principles mm-hmm so regardless, we still remain powerless. It's just a matter of what team you want to be on. Yeah. You know, the principles <laughs> or the or the problem. Right? Yeah. Does that make sense? Oh, 100%. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. It's like the powerlessness, the unmanageability is never going to stop. Yeah. It's like, you know what I mean? It's just like, it's just going to be in different forms, right? And like... They they uh, talk about like emotional sobriety all the time. It's like, well, what are, what are you gonna do? Because it's like, okay, I haven't drank for five days. I mean, you're never gonna get more sober than that. Yeah, it's like you're never your blood alcohol content's never gonna get b- below zero. Right. So it's like right. zero is like the most sober you can get. Absolutely. Well, what do you well then? What do you do with the other? Like, what do you do for the rest of your life? You Absolutely. enlarge on your spiritual condition. You gain emotional sobriety. You're no, I'm no longer a victim to my anger, my jealousy, all of these other things that like, there's so many things where it's like, okay, drugs and alcohol, removing those first step. Oh, yeah. But it's like now I'm going to go and like use that for other aspects of my life and just continuously keep growing. I love that because it brings me back to Bill's story when he's going through his second step. And it was when Ebby pushed the the, the drink across the table or when Bill did it to Ebby and he was like, I'm not drinking. And he's like, oh, the the good old boy had it or something like that. But then he starts getting into like his concept of his second step. And and I love how Bill W. describes his, I guess his ego, right? He says... He says, a conception of my own ideal, like what a concept. He says, that icy intellectual, that icy intellectual mountain melted that moment. Imagine that. That's how profound his second step was, right? So think about it. Like you have this huge icy cold mountain that is that is blocking the sunlight from you. Here you are in the shadow of this, this ego. You know, I, I can't stand God. Like, I'm fighting everybody, everything. My intellect is all over the place, right? And it's just it's just so cold. And then everybody just comes, why don't you choose your own conception? And it just melts, mm. right? It just melted. Like, that was how profound it built. Does that make sense? Yeah. And then Bill keeps going on, and he talks about, like, like um, you will be launched into a fourth dimension. Of course, he didn't mean outside of your body. It was internal, which is what you brought up, the emotional sobriety, which was mental, spiritual physical and emotional Mm. right that's the fourth dimension that i think he was responding to which uh brings to this is when we start learning how to respond to things instead of reacting emotionally towards Mm. right so our intellect is straining things are out our spiritual is straining our intellect and our intellect strains out the rest of it as i think as science has it somewhat Right. Does that make, I mean, oh, I yeah. Know, you know. Yeah. It's yeah. like, uh, and they describe that as like, you know, at, by this time, you know, you'll intuitively know how to handle situations <laughs> that used to baffle they you. used to baffle you. Because yeah, it's yeah. like, yeah, what they're saying is like right in line with what you just said, where it's just like for the longest time, we just become, we're reacting based yes. off of like a situation makes us feel a certain way and we just react on that emotion. Yes. And then now it's like, well, now we're intuitively so it's just like now, without even having any effort, really, it's just our natural way of like dealing with things. We're thinking about it and we're just responding to situations. It's like that's the emotional aspect yes, of sobriety. Yes, yes. Because it's like, yeah, dude, it's like 
okay, like I've been sober from drugs and alcohol for some time, but it's like I'm still experiencing all of these like frustrations, anxieties, fears, all these things that Mm -hmm. are still overwhelming you and you're feeling them at a higher level because you're not numbing out with anything that you used to do. So it's just like in those situations, it's like, well, what what is what are you going to do? Yeah. Right. It's like, okay, well, try to like prey on it try to be still meditate get comfortable with being uncomfortable and then most importantly like go find a way to get out of yourself yeah right yeah perfect yeah absolutely and i love the uh i love the step five promises right because it it kind of attacks the spiritual malady Mm -hmm. right so so the three components to the problem right it's spiritual mental and physical right Mm -hmm. so so with the spiritual restless everyone and discontent the opposite of that is what's already in the fist that promises, right? It says you would feel like peace and serenity, you know, and um, you could be able to look at the world in the eye and you'll be able to do all these things, right? Not saying that the, 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 the first through the fourth step promises are not relevant. They do build you up to get to this peace, right? This pinnacle of this. So as this is working on your spiritual, and then here comes step 10, sanity's return. Okay, well, if sanity's return, that means you're not insane no more which means the mental obsession has been relieved, which means then you don't have to put nothing in your body, which means the phenom- you don't set off the phenomenal craving. So that's that I've always found really interesting of that fifth step when I read through it. And uh, I was like, oh, this makes, it makes sense. Like how it starts to put things in remission and giving you somewhat of a backbone to continue the steps. Mm-hmm. And it's really awesome. Yeah. And I, I, is well, that odd or God? Is yeah. it odd or is it God? <laughs> I, I love the fifth step promises too, because it's like, um, that's like the thing, right? Where you'll be able to be at perfect peace with yourself. Right. Yeah. And like, you know, that's a, a big thing that you see a lot of the time. And it was true for me for the longest time. It's like, I just never wanted to be alone with my thoughts because then the restlessness, the irritability, the discontentment, yeah. all of those things start creeping up. Right. Yeah, yeah. But it's like when I took the time to just like let it all out and like try to like bring that to God, tell somebody else. And I, now I'm no longer carrying all that with me just with myself. Yeah. All of a sudden your mind becomes a little quieter you can like be with yourself and be okay with being just with yourself and like um well that's contentment yeah right that's like i I can look at myself in the mirror and just be okay i'm not thinking about killing myself no more yeah right and that's and that's the the opposite of those fifth step promises is discontentment Mm -hmm. right and so that's that's the beauty of that fifth step starts to put this the spiritual piece together a little bit right because we knew it was always there but we never had a solution for it, so we used our mind was like, I know how to take care of that for you. Right. Right? But now that it's getting healed or or some type of a, of a foundation in it, right, from the fifth step, then it's like, oh, now these other steps are going to start making sense. Mm-hmm. Right? And then here comes the tenth step. Hey, you're sane. Hey, there's the miracle. Who knew, you know? Right. Just, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Who knew? Who would have thought? Hey, because you wake up on a Wednesday. Right, you take a shower, you hit your knees, you take a shower, you plan out your day. Something has happened, and then you go through the whole day, and you're like, I haven't had a mental obsession. Right, right. Yeah. Like I am safe and neutral. Right. Like I guess, however, the ten step is right. It's like I have been placed in a place of neutrality, yeah. safe and protected, or something. That is the miracle of it. Right? right. And I'm just like, wow. Yeah. And, and and the cool thing about that too is like the what the book describes it is just like at that point, right. You can go where any free man would go, right? Because I had this concept too where it's like if I just hide from alcohol or if I only associate with sober people, if I only do this, then I'll be okay. But it's like all of that is like circumstantial, right? But it's like that's not the goal. The goal is it's like you do all this work on yourself. You get those promises where it's like, okay, now I am okay with being with myself. I can be alone with my thoughts. Mm -hmm. I can like 
be in a meditative state. I can get closer to God. And then it's like eventually that sanity returns. I'm not just obsessing over when my next drink will be. I'm not thinking about all of these things. So now with if with any good reason, I can go anywhere I would like, right? Yeah, equipped, equipped with that spiritual tool. I could go tools. play karaoke with the bar and the alcohol is yeah. at, right? I could go and get my sponsee out of the trap house without me getting trapped first, yeah. right? Like it's just that sense of freedom. Like, yeah. I could be around people and yeah. I'd be okay. It's like I can go I can go be a part of a bachelor party or I can go be a part of like whatever it is and it's yeah. like I don't have to be discluded from that, you know, yeah. contingent upon the maintenance of my spiritual condition. Right. And my intentions of being there, unless I'm trying to yeah. recapture older days, right? Yeah. The, right? The oasis, right? <laughs> yeah, then perhaps you should work with a sponsee instead, right? As yeah. the book says, right? Yeah. No, it's really awesome, man. Dude. Yeah. Dude, that's uh, that's why I love like conversations like this because it's like we get the camera rolling and we just get rolling yeah. and now we're rambling, but it's yeah. like you get down these little wormholes and you're like, yeah. yeah, man. And then I always come out of it like, man, I feel like a little more, my cup's a little more full than when yeah. we started this. And that's always the, the yeah. coolest part, man. I saw this one meme on Facebook talking about that. Is your cup half full or half empty? I'm like, but it's refillable. Yeah. I don't even care what it just is. Just pour more in. <laughs> it's refillable. Right? Yeah. yeah. So yeah. it could be half full or half empty, but it could also just be full. <laughs> yeah. It's squirrel. I scrolled out. That's okay. Yeah. yeah squirrel. You know, yeah. You get a lot of that with Bravo. Trust me. Love that, man. So we, we you kind of like bounce around all of the steps a little bit, but this is a question that we like to ask uh, all our guests. I mean, out of the 12 steps, I mean, what would you say your favorite one is? You know what, I wanna, I'm gonna go with step one, and, and only because, um, so just real quick, and I said that really fast, so which means like, later I'll be like, oh, it should've been this one, right? But there's no mistakes, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I was at my sister's house in Chandler, I was at my bottom, there was vomit all over her her, her home, because I, I, I broke into, well, I didn't break into, but I found the spot where all of her alcohol was at, and I went to oblivion and blacked myself out. And the next morning, I woke up with a horrible headache. The, the headache that like someone hit you with a bat over your head type of headache. Um, and I was shaking as well, too. Uh, a little bit of detox. Not too much, but just enough to not want to be alive anymore. And I get a call from my sister. And she's like, I don't know what you're going to do, but you need to clean my walls and my carpet up. Because everything was just like like blood wet, red from all the wine. I don't even drink wine, but now I drink wine, right? Like yeah. everything I said I'm not going to do, I do. Every line I, I put, every every line in the sand, I, I cross over. But here's the... Uh, Here's, here's the thing. Um, so my brother-in-law calls me. And he's like, this is how you get it out. So he helped me out, right? So it's like it's like a cap of bleach, some pearl rocks, some water, and like some vinegar, and that's how you get those stains out. I'm like, well, I don't know how you know these things, but <laughs> whatever. So I'm scrubbing the floor with my dear life, and I'm bawling like a baby. And I get these flashes of... Of my of my daughters at the time I didn't have my son but of my daughters and my and my lady and how it's all vanishing like just flashing all before me right and I've tried committed suicide like three times already right so it's like to me it's like it doesn't sound like the worst idea at this point right isn't that sad that it's a permanent solution for a temporary problem right suicide is sad the other pieces with suicide is I have more of a fear of living than I do dying. Isn't that scary? Yeah. So I'm scrubbing away. And I remember as I'm scrubbing away on this floor and I'm bawling like a baby because I hate myself right about now, I pray to God. And I said, I don't know what you want to do with me. I don't know what I want to do with me. I have some ideas. And I'm and I'm bawling. I am really hurt. I'm like, but can you just please send the Calvary? Like, just send somebody. Like, just, I don't know what to do. 
And I bullshit you not, Eric. Five seconds later after that prayer, the door knocks. And it's my P.O. Wow. And I'm like, well, this is some shit. But it is the Calvary. And I said, uh, hey, Officer Campbell, how are you doing? He said, hey, I'm here to sign it. He came all the way from Casagrande to Chandler to let me sign the green sheet real quick, right? And I'm like, like I'm, I'm like mad. <laughs> like, I don't know what I'm doing, right? I'm just, I'm broken is what I am, right? Greg Bravo is broken. And... um. I signed the green sheet. How's things going? Great. I don't know. He cannot smell the alcohol on me. I'm sure I smell like a brewery. And he's walking away. And I say, and at this point, the gift, that gift of desperation, like, Officer Campbell, do you have a minute? And he turns around. He goes, yeah, I got a minute. And in the front of the patio, um, on the porch, I guess, we sat down. And I said, and I'm bawling. I said, look, man, like, I'm, I'm a wreck. I don't know how this is going. I had a hand. I said, but I got a problem with drugs and alcohol. And he smirks, like he scoffs, like he's like, huh, really? Like, it was like like a no-brainer for him, right? He's, he's like, like, no shit. I, I kind of had a, I kind of had a, you know, a, a feeling of that, right? And I'm bawling, I'm bawling that with this cop that in my in my life, you don't do that, right? Like, you, that's a big no-no, right? But that gift of desperation and how God was so merciful towards me that day, right? He says, listen, I know you're headed back to Casa Grande to, to see what you can do. There's a meeting that I want you to go to. It's called the Eye Opener. Um, I want you there tomorrow. I guess it was happening on a Friday because it's only on Saturday. There's a speaker meeting. Go to it. My first AA meeting. A guy walks up to share his story at the speaker meeting. Guess who it was? Mm. My PO. Huh. <laughs> Is it odd or is it God? Is it odd or is it God? Wow. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, this motherfucker. Divine intervention. That's Absolutely. what that is. Absolutely. Now, you know, I can say the fourth step and the fifth step when, when I felt that peace and serenity, right? I can say that that ninth step when, when I was still operating off of fear, but like I needed God for that, right? Like I can say any of the steps, but that's the one that came to heart today mm -hmm. was that first step of me having that despair and emotion and God just sent the Calvary right then and there for me. Wow, that was incredible, man. That that's, yeah, yeah. I gotta. Um, I don't know if you have time. I have another really crazy story. Um, Fire away. Um, with the same house. Really? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's really a, a very pivotal house. This is. This is. This is like. This is a. This is a. I'm getting goosebumps right now. Right. So, two years pass. Right. Two years pass. I'm. 15 sponsees, right? I'm in it thick, right? I'm <laughs> saving the whole I'm valley. steps here, right? Absolutely. Um, my mom comes down, right, to 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 Chandler to visit my sister. She's like, hey, Greg, I need you to come from Casa Grande to Chandler to come and visit me. I'm like, absolutely, what's good? <clears throat> so me and my wife, and I learned in alcohol, in, in, in the 12-step program that, uh, I try to hide it, I can, I guess, right? That like when you go to someone's house, you got to bring something—a dessert, you know. Before it used to be maybe beer or wine, but that's done stop yeah. with me, right? You know. Um, but I learned like you got to bring something. So my wife at the time, my fiance and my three and my three girls, we went to Albertson, you know that one Albertson in Chandler, mm -hmm. right? Um, to grab like an oil pie, whatever, right? Okay, this is cool. And I just got. What did I get? I think. 
I was about to get my driver's license back, or I just got my driver's license back, because you know you start getting gifts in, you know, in yeah. step programs, like a key to your house, so you don't have to break in no more. Yeah, right? you know what I mean. A GED, whatever, so you could work in the industry. Anyways, driving around with car insurance, yeah, yeah, yeah <laughs> stuff like, like I'm that. Legit, you know yeah, what I mean? Like, like pull me over. I dare you. Hammer met. You know yeah. what I mean? <laughs> to legit to quit. Um, so we go to Albertsons, and my lady Marisol, she says, "You want to drive?" I'm like, "Yeah." So she gets in the car, she takes off her engagement ring and she throws it at me. She says, I saw how you were looking at her. And I'm like, looking at who and what? I mean, maybe I did, maybe I didn't. I don't know, right? Right? But I'm like, I don't. And then she starts yelling at me, right? And she threw the ring. I'm like, the, my first thoughts were, it's over. I'm burning the house down. I'm killing the dog, right? Like, I just go insanity, right? <clears throat> this, this might take about five or ten minutes. I hope you don't Go mind. ahead. No, okay. no, no, go ahead. And then she's belittling me, right? In front of my kids. And, and any woman knows, like, you don't do that to a man in front of the kid. Like, you want to do that, let's go do it three blocks down the way, right? Like, you don't want to, right? And then we're going off back into each other. And so we're both broken, right? We're all just broken, right? Um, so so this, this story actually has an extended story. I love it. So what happened was, you know, like, that face you got to put on when things ain't right? But you got to walk in and make it look like everything's okay. But it's just like, you're just so hollow. Yeah. So we're walking through the house, right? And my brother-in-law knows that I'm in recovery. He tells me, hey, I got some tecates. You want to, right? Because they're like throwing a party, right? My mom's there, right? And he's like, hey, you want, like everything's just, and, and I'm like, I'm like, no, I, I can't drink tecate. I break out in handcuffs, right? Mm-hmm. Like all the AA just starts kicking in. You know what I mean? My, 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 uh, my mother's husband, I guess my stepdad, his name's Mike. He's like, hey, man, would you like a pig's ear? It's. It's England for a warm beer. They call it a pig's ear. It's like a warm, they do warm temperature beer, right? They don't mm-hmm. put it in the refrigerator. They don't believe in the American stuff. I'm like, I would love a pig's ear because it was Newcastle. Like, this is delicious, right? I'm like, I would love it. I said, but I, but I can't. I'm here to see my mom. And just walking in that door, I had every reason to take those drinks, and I did it. But here, it gets better. So I go out to my mom. I sit down with her, and she's telling me how, um, how my brother's not doing well, right? And, and my brother, uh, I'm going to keep him a little bit anonymous because it's a podcast, right? But he's not doing well, right? And um, like pretty much like he's in a really bad place. He's going through a horrible divorce at the time, right? And I'm sitting here. I'm like, I don't want to hear this stuff, right? I don't want to hear this, right? Like, I don't know what to do, right? I'm broken. I want to drink, right? I, I got my old lady right here that me and her, she just threw an engagement ring at me, right? Like, I got this. I got beer. And I got my mom who's really sad about my older brother, right? And all these things, you know? And I'm like, poor me. Right? So I go and I sit at the foot of the stairs of this house and I'm just, I'm broken again. And I look over to my right, Eric, and I see the stain that I scrubbed where my first step was at. And I said, God, I'm in the same place, but sober. Mm -hmm. Please help me. Five seconds later, Bullshit you not. My nephew comes in with his girlfriend. Her name is Lauren at the time. She had cancer. Love her to death. Um, comes in. And they're like, hey, Uncle Greg. Hey, Uncle Greg. Hey, you know that face, right? Like, hey, how's it going, you know? And um, she goes, she goes, hey, um, I, I guess my sister brought a gift or whatever. There was like a Lakers shirt, right? The black mamba, you know, Kobe with the five rings, whatever, right? Or whatever rings it was at the time. And she's like, oh, yeah, yeah, you're a Lakers fan, blah, blah, blah. She's like, yeah, my dad is. My dad's at Channel Valley Hope. She goes, aren't you a friend of AA? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah, I am. I absolutely am. So we start rapping. 
he got immediately allowed me to get out of myself and talk recovery with another woman pretty much was the sum of it right you with me mm-hmm. all right perfect so we're talking about it we're going upstairs i'm getting her some al-anon right i call one of my sponsees tells her story she's crying i'm crying we're all crying right you know what i mean like finding a solution for her dad i'm like yeah i'll sponsor your dad not a big deal right and it was upstairs in that moment that I was able to recollect myself, and this is how it went down. This is what God did for me that I could not do for myself that kept me safe and neutral from, from me being a, a producer of confusion. Mm-hmm. What is my intentions here today? Okay, there's beer here and my mom here. My mom's broken. I need to be with my mom. My shit with my, with my family, I'll deal with all my time. But right now, I'm, I'm here for my mom. So I grab my mom from the poolside with all the alcohol and all the distractions. We go to the front of the porch where me and Officer Campbell was at, and we had a heart-to-heart. Like me and my Officer Campbell had that heart and heart. Isn't that amazing? We talked for about three or four hours, just me and her. It was the best visit I ever had with my mom. And it was all because I was broken. Mm-hmm. And it's only in pain, right, that we reach out to our second and third step. Otherwise, like, here's my circle. This is yours, God. This is my type of shit. I need God to keep me broken, right? Like, I mean, you know, right? Because that's that's the beauty of it. The extension of that story, right, is it's time to go home now, right? And so everyone gets into the suburban, and it was that awkward silence, right? I don't want to say nothing. I'm going to start some shit. She doesn't want to say nothing, right? We just get home. We just go to bed. Wake up the next day. I'm like, I should call my sponsor. And I'm like, no, I'm going to call 10-Day Dan. 10-Day Dan was a guy who had about nine days, and then, like, um, he always got high like on the 10 day, right? We, I just called him 10 day Dan. Right? 10 day Dan. But the beauty about 10 days is that he kept it real with me always. And he was my one of my original brothers in this original book study that I did with my sponsor in our sponsorship group, right? So he's just one of those guys. I don't care how lost he is. He's going to tell me the truth. And I'm sitting there like, I don't know. So I called him up like, hey, Dan. He's like, what? I said, uh, what are you doing? I, I said, hey, Dan. He goes, yeah. I said, hey, I need you in my life right now. He's like, I'll be there right now, bro. You know what I mean? I'm like, all right, perfect. Put the door down. Sound the phone down. Told my lady, I said, I'll be back. I'm going with Dan real quick, right? I get in this car. I start bawling like a baby, right? Me and my bawling like a baby. I do it a lot in recovery. It's okay to cry in recovery. All right. So I'm in this car, and I said, uh, I start bawling. I'm like, it's over, man. She threw her engagement ring at me. It's over. I don't know what to do. Blah, blah, blah. And he says something that really made me mad. He's like, oh. And that oh. Huh? Like, made me stop crying, and I, I just got this anger. I was like, oh? I just pour my heart out, and I get an oh? Like, oh? Right? Now I'm mad at him. Like, give me a reason to be mad at the world right now, right? He goes, well, it's not over. If it was over, we'll be talking about that it's over. But it sounds like she needed to throw something at you to get your attention. I was like, there's the fire I was looking for, you know what I mean? Yeah. And I'm like, well, what do I do? He's like, well, let's go do that. Let's go do that trick that Seth taught us. Seth was my sponsor at the time. I said, all right, let's go. So this was what we do. We go and get a single rose, right? Because one rose or a dozen rose has the same effect. You've heard the story maybe a little bit before? No. All right, all right, all right, fair enough. I got a train story too. It's insane. Yeah. All, all in sobriety. Like, life sucks in sobriety sometimes. You know what I mean? Oh, all the time. All the time. All the time. <laughs> just in case you don't know, you newcomers, right? Newsflash. Just because you're sober doesn't mean life gets any easier. <laughs> it does get really oddy, and then it gets really gaudy. You know yeah. what I mean? <laughs> in real lifey sometimes. In real lifey sometimes. Absolutely. So we go to Safeway, we get this rose, we tip it up. He's like, hey, you got to get this stuffed animal. It was a turtle that just had really sad eyes. He goes, just said sorry without you having to say it. I'm like, all right, cool, that's what's good. So get this. So I said, so we get in the car and we go back home. I said, look, just stay here. He goes, okay, you know what you're going to tell her, right? I'm like, no, what? He goes, just tell her you love her. 
I was like, okay, that sounds, okay, just tell her you love her, here's the rose, here's the bear, or the, the, the turtle, whatever, because it was like a turtle stuffed animal. He's like, hey, but there's one rule. I was like, what's the rule? He's like, if she says some crazy shit, like, is this supposed to make things better? What are you going to say? I said, I don't know. He goes, you say no. It's not going to make it better, but I just want to remind you that I love you. He goes, because it's true. She could act like a bee and you still love her through it. She could act like this and you still love her through it. You love her and I know you do because you were in my car 20 minutes ago bawling like a baby. Mm. So none of this is going to make it better, but it's just to remind her that you love her through the shit. So okay, I'm going to try it. So I go upstairs. I'm, I'm kind of looking for downstairs, but our laundry room is upstairs and upstairs. I go upstairs and I said, Maricela, she turns around and she is crying really bad, right? She's crying really bad. <coughs> And I just, I gave her the rose and I said, look, I don't know what happened between us. I said, I just want to let you know I love you. And she cries and she's bawling. And she says, I'm sorry I acted like a bitch. And I said, my wife would never say that. She would never. She is a very strong-willed, righteous woman. And she would never, and she said it. I wish I would have recorded it. Right? It was like one of those moments, like, hey, remember that? You know what I mean? Like. And then I, I, I brought the, uh, the turtle around from the back. <coughs> I said, and I wanted to give this to you too. Well, what's so odd about this? Where, where's God at in all this, right? So so we hugged, we kissed, we needed to patch some things up, right? Like it was just very emotional. I said, look, Dan is downstairs. It was my getaway card. I'm going to tell him it's safe to stay. You know what I mean? Teasing her at this time now because we kind of went to that threshold. So I go down to the car. I said, hey, Dan, man, I definitely... Appreciate you being in my corner, man. I think we're going to be okay, man. Thank you for just spending the time with me. It's like, yeah, that's what bros are for. I said, that's what's up. I said, well, what, what was you having going on today? He goes, well, I was about to slam some dope, and I didn't want to do it. And I was praying to God to help me, and the phone rang, and it was you. And I didn't shoot dope. You can't make this up, can you? No. You can't make this up, can you? That's wild, man. Yeah. Dude, those the, dude, those stories is the it's the odd or god pod? Yeah. Cuz is it odd or is it god? Yeah, man. Divine yeah. intervention, man. Dude, I got one for you. So, um dude, so when I had relapsed in July of 2022, I was working in a sales type job, dude, had like a nice office whatever. And I got fired from that job. I went on a work trip in yeah. San Francisco, <laughs> got too drunk at like a networking event. And like, long story short, I come back, I have no job yeah. right from this trip. And the first job that I get after that um, is at this place. And I go in there and, uh, and I only stay for one week of training at this job. And like at that time, I'm like, yo, fuck this. Like, I'm not going to do this. I'm better than this. Yeah. All this other stuff. Right. So I end up leaving that job. And I go work at a place that I had worked at before and like never thought of like that one week that I spent in that training class. Right. Mm -hmm. And uh, and I was fucked off the whole time, whatever. Well, fast forward, dude, to about two, three months ago it was about November of uh, 2023. And I'm putting the podcast out on TikTok, all this other stuff. And this guy starts following the podcast hard man we've shouted him out on the pod a couple of times but he does like a daily devotional and he always tags us in it and like he's always talking about how the podcast inspires him all this stuff dude nice. and he's going through all of these like really tough things yeah and 
he makes a video around Christmas time about some like hardships that he was going through. And I just happened to be in a position to like help him out. So I tell him I, and I, and I tell him, you know, like, Hey man, I reach out to him on TikTok. I'm like, look, dude, like I've seen some of your stuff. I know you've been supporting us. Like, I just want to, you know, support you. So I drive all the way out to the West Valley and uh, I meet up with him, met his daughter. I was able to like, you know, just give him some stuff to help him out during the holiday season. And at this whole time, all our communication is on TikTok, right? Like I'm just DMing him on TikTok. And um, a couple weeks go by and it's like the first week of January. Haven't seen him posting anything or anything yeah. like that. Oh, no. And his daughter reaches out to me and she's like, my dad needs your help. Right. So I like reach out to him and he, you know, confides in me. He's going through some hardships. And then the crazy thing is, is that I te- I messaged him on TikTok and I go, hey man, here's my number. Like call me, you know, and like let's have a chat. Yeah. He calls me. His number's already saved in my phone. He was the trainer of in oh, that one week dang. class when I was at that job a year prior. Jeez. When I was at that job for one week and he was already his number had was already saved in my phone and I just it didn't even click until all the way after the fact. And now we've been working together and he's been sober for some time. Yeah. Um, coming up on 30 days and like, yeah. Like what? Yeah. Like what? What dude? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like what are we talking about here? Yeah. Is it odd or is it God? Yeah. It's crazy. Oh, yeah. Man. Yeah. For sure. That's definitely God. Yeah. That's like all those like, like those coincidences, right? Like just like you can't, yeah. you can't, like you can't unsee that. No. Right. And that's and that's the and that's the thing about like when you're working with sponsors in that first step, right? Like I want to give them something that they can't unsee. They're gonna they're gonna take this and run with it. And it's like it's stories like this, you know what I mean? Yeah. That's like it's like how else? It's do you already working. That? Like I always found out. Like like I don't know. I can't do this. I can't do this. Right? They got like sixty days. I can't do this. I can't do this. Like, but you're already doing it. Yeah, you don't see the whole. You already been doing it, yeah. right? You know what I mean? Like you're already doing it. What, what are you worried about? You know what I mean? Yeah. It's so anyway. That was a squirrel, but. Yeah, it's really wonderful, man. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, those are those stories. Divine intervention, divine timing. That's what that is. Yeah, absolutely, you know? absolutely. It's that confidence and that and that work we do, man. Mm. I love it. I love it. Yeah, it's just so wild, man. Yeah, I just never forget. He calls and it's like, and I was like, oh shit. <laughs> I was like, and it just all all of a sudden I could like picture his face in that train. What did he closet. What did he say when he when he when he when he knew it was you? Like, hey, you were <laughs> I still haven't brought it up. You just left it alone. I just left it alone. Until now. Until now. Yeah, until now. <laughs> until yeah, now. Until yeah. Now. So if, if you're watching this, you know who you are. Um, <laughs> sure, we'll, we'll talk about it later. But yeah, I, I never brought it up to him, you know, because I didn't want to like ruin yeah. like what was going on or like, you know, make it. You know it what? About, That's really nice of you, man. Because yeah. sometimes I'm like, oh, yeah, I remember you from. And I'm like, you know what? Just, yeah. just let it flow. Yeah. Let, I always got to muddy the water so much and just dumb stuff. But yeah. yeah man. So, yeah. It, but it's just like, yeah, it's yeah, so yeah. crazy, man. So, all right, man. I guess we'll start wrapping it up, dude. That what was a, fun, man. What a great episode. You yeah. know what I mean? Right. I, I hope so, man. It's always the best because it's like, it just flows naturally. Next thing you know, it's an hour later. We're still, we could probably still go for another I got hour. I stories, man. Yeah. I'm saving for episode two, I guess. Episode, you know? We will have you back. All we right, will right, have right, you right, back right. 100%. Um, we, we're in the process of uh, getting a permanent studio something that we can like i want to get like a cool neon sign i just yeah. want to be one of those cool tiktokers you know what yeah, i mean yeah, with like yeah, a yeah. sick backdrop and led you deserve lights. it eric yeah absolutely bro <laughs> you know what i mean so uh yeah. yeah we got some cool stuff in the works but this uh, is the first time i'm in front of the camera and i'm actually okay so you did yeah. that you and your higher power were able. Yeah. Garrett, like i said garrett a long time ago got me in front of the and i just totally just 
froze and it was weird and awkward. And I was trying <laughs> to talk about the program and I, yeah, yeah, I'll tell you about it. But yeah, but this is much more organic and natural for sure. Cool, man. Yeah. Well, we appreciate you stopping yeah, by, man. guys. You already know what's up. Otter God Pod brought to you by Plugged In Recovery. Just had to put that out there. Thanks for sponsoring the pod. Would it be possible without you? Okay. Well, thank you so much, brother. Yeah, man. For we'll sure. see you guys next week. Thank you.